Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with God. You can connect with God, and we can help. Happy New Year, Connect. It is 2023, 2022 is behind us. Now we're in this new year. I don't know about you, but maybe last year wasn't the best. And so having some new numbers on the calendar is actually exciting. You're like, okay, I've got a brand new vision for what this year could be. Um, and, and maybe 2022 is really good. And now you're really hopeful about what could happen in this new year. It's silly, I know that it's just numbers on a calendar. Like how can that like completely change our mindset? But there's something about a blank slate like getting a fresh perspective, getting back on track with a whole year before you that's unmarked. There's, you know, vision for what could be. We don't know what's going to happen. And so we have this hope. We're excited about it. Me, like many others, when that new year kind of rolls around, we have this, these goals, these visions for ourselves. And again, one of the most popular is getting back to the gym. And I'm kind of in that same boat. I'm like, okay, I want to like get back to it. This this past fall, my rhythms with working out had kind of fallen to the wayside. As a seminary student, I had a lot of papers and classes to do, and it was a lot, um, kind of October through December. And then I've got some multiple part-time jobs that I do. And so there was just mornings where I would wake up like, oh man, I've got to write a paper, or I had emails to send. Sometimes I just couldn't even get out of bed because I was too tired. So now with this new year, I'm looking forward to resetting the daily rhythms, getting to the gym. I can say I worked out this morning, so I'm one of one. So we'll see how it continues. But the reason I kind of want to get to that is not just because I want to look good or feel good, but because I kind of think that working out helps me with my other tasks. Like I can go hike on my day off. I'll have the stamina to do that. Or I'll have um, blood to my mind so I can write for school or I can do my other work. Um, I'll want to eat better and all kinds of things. It, it spills over into more facets of life than just the physical act of working out. There are a lot of things that we hope to do for the new year. Are we going to be perfect in them? No. And yes, you might be one of one today, but who knows, maybe next week something's going to happen that knocks you off track. That's okay. We still have this hope for, you know, let's try, let's restart. We want to look for things that uh, we want to do that maybe spill over to more than just the act itself. For us as a church, what might that be? Well, it's prayer. Prayer is an act that spills over into more than just the simple act of it, but it actually pours into other people, it pours into our relationship with God. It helps us have a vision for carrying the gospel forward. Prayer builds all kinds of things. How is your prayer life doing as you've entered this new year? Do you feel stuck or unsure? I think as the new year has arrived, I really can't think of a more influential and important topic for us to rest on, on this day one. The New Testament is where we're going to hang out today. And we've, we've looked at prayer together as a church, and there's so many examples throughout scripture about prayer. But today we're going to look at James, Ephesians, Colossians, um, and they're going to kind of give us different examples, different stories about how we should pray. James and Paul make really clear why this is so important. So if you need a Bible, there's some in the back in the table. You can take those for free. You can also download our church app. You can jot down notes there and follow along. Um, before we dive into the study of prayer, though, I think it would be very appropriate that we pray for it and really set that precedent, of course, and invite God into this space. So will you pray with me? 
God, thank you for this morning, this new year. Uh, I know that you've given us a fresh start in, um, through Jesus, but also even in this time and space, and just a fresh start with the year before us, I pray that you would um, just give us hope for what you might do and what you can do through us, um, and also give us a heart for prayer. Um, teach us through your word about how important it is to pray and um, help us desire that, to build a relationship with you and with others and with your kingdom mission. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. To begin, we're going to hang out in James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. Um, his letter has provided clear and strong teaching um, to his audience. And so he's going to have some specific things to say throughout it. He talks about wisdom, taming the tongue, um, you know, watching out with riches, all kinds of stuff. James is a really good book to dive into for practical application. Um, but prayer is no different. He has some things to say. Here's what James writes. Is anyone among you in trouble? let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Now in James' letter, he's going to give some final words to his audience uh, after warnings and, um, about wealth and giving encouragement to believers to get through suffering. He lands on prayer to kind of end his letter. Why, why might he do so? If he's going through all this practical application, why is prayer the last thing? Well, I think there's three points that we draw from it that explain why he ends on prayer and why prayer is so important for us to carry into the new year. The first thing is this, we need to pray on all occasions. That's what James tells us through that passage first, is that when you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, you need to pray. When you're happy, when things are going well, then pray. And perhaps those prayers could be a form of psalm. When you're sick, you can pray. When you have sinned, you also pray. Any and all occasions stand as an opportunity to connect with God. This is a relational thing here. And so no matter what we're going through, every opportunity is a good opportunity to pray. So pray on all occasions. Um, anyone who is in a good relationship, whether it be a marriage, a close friend, parent-child relationship, you're not just going to exist in that relationship when times are good. That would be a really one-dimensional relationship, wouldn't it? No, actually, when, when life gets hard, you maybe turn to those relationships for things. Um, you'll just talk when you're in a good mood or joking with a friend or any of those. You confess to your spouse when you've done something wrong. Or you share with your close friend when your heart is broken. You go to a parent for help. See, it's in all dimensions of life that we go to God. Pray on all occasions, no matter what is going on. It's not just an optional elected time to be with God or talk to Him. It's not just when it's most convenient. No, prayer is for a relationship. And so therefore, we need to do it on all occasions. Um, to Jesus, our Savior, to the Holy Spirit within you, like, we get to connect with God in so many different ways. Um, and so prayer is one mode of doing that. The second thing that James brings out is that prayer is communal. Um, there are times and places when prayer happens in quiet spaces, maybe behind closed doors. I think we see in Scripture that that is something that we should still do. However, as independent Americans, we're super comfortable with being independent. We're super comfortable with you know, keeping our private lives with us. 
And that often happens with prayer. Sometimes the only moments that we pray with other people might be at the dinner table. We really kind of stray away from that, or maybe we're uncomfortable in praying in a group. You see, James, James sees it differently, though, that prayer has to happen communally. He writes, when someone is sick, the elders shall come and pray over them. He also writes that we should confess our sins to one another and pray for each other. I don't think these are things that are light, of course, but as Christian brothers and sisters, we're called to do it. Um, still not being removed super far from college, I still reflect sometimes on my time there. And I look back in my freshman year, I had, you know, all these friends that I was kind of trying to make. They were maybe a little bit more shallow, but I was trying to make them. And so I would go to parties. I would go hang out. We would hang out in dorms, maybe go to Sonic or McDonald's late at night. And on the surface, uh, maybe on my Instagram, it looked like all these friends that I was making. Super great. But those friends that I had my freshman year weren't the ones I had my senior year because they got replaced with other people. People who sat with me through hard things. People who wanted to do ministry with me. People who uh, wrote out the pandemic with me. People who listened to me when I messed up and forgave me. People who did hard things when my heart was broken. Um, they held me. All those things. Those people that are with you in the hard moments, those are usually the friends that stick. And I think that's true when it comes to prayer. Well, why it's so important to pray communally and with one another is because we need people to ride out life storms together. We need people that celebrate life's joys with us. Um, so when it comes to prayer, you know, why do we do it so independently? God has created us to be with others. God's plan has been for the church and believes that a body of believers is better than just individuals doing their own thing. So with that, I think we should pray together. Following Jesus is a rich bond that we all share. Like we're all family because of Jesus. And so therefore we can we can trust each other to pray and bring together life's hard things. I think our prayers are going to be richer and deeper if we pray communally. The third thing that James brings out in that passage is that we need to pray big prayers. Communally, yes, we need to do that. And we need to um, also make sure that we're praying on all occasions. But then we need to pray big. So here's what he mentions to kind of point to why we should pray big. He mentions Elijah. He says this in verse um, 18. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain in the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. To get the full scope of why Elijah does this and why it's a big prayer, I'll bring it back to some Old Testament history, going to 1 Kings. And so the nation of Israel had split into two, um, north and south kingdom, Israel and Judah. And in the north, King Ahab rose to power, and he was really not a good guy. He did a lot of wicked things. And uh, in fact, 1 Kings 16 says that Ahab did more to arouse the anger of the Lord than any other king before him. So that's really not good. So as a way to show who held the power still, Elijah comes along praying to the Lord God. Elijah was a prophet of God. Um, he prayed that no rain or dew would come upon the land for a few years until he gave the word. Um, and that was a big deal because the, the gods that... King Ahab set up in Israel were fertility gods. They took care of the earth plants. And so the fact that it didn't rain was a big deal to show who really has the power. And when Elijah prayed a few years later, it rains. Again, showing that God is in control. That's a big prayer. Um, many of us might hear that story or read what James is writing and go, okay, that's a long time ago. Does God really do that? Like, I don't know. I've not seen God do something so big. But 
yes, of course we need to remember that was a, a certain specific context, but I think James shows us by playing this example and talking about prayer, that this isn't just a one-off. This isn't just one-time scenario where God shows up in a big way. No, I think James understands that we need to pray big because God will show up. Um, and I think this story kind of struck me when a professor told me this. Of Sometimes God answers big prayers in a very literal way. I heard from um, this professor that said that this girl named Ellie uh, in his youth group, it was her senior year, and life had gotten really hard for her. Um, things weren't going well because she'd gotten in the wrong crowd. She had lost her father the previous fall, and she just really wasn't sure what the future held. She had a lot of anxiety about what was she even going to do? Where was she going to go? Who was going to go with her? Things were not good. Um, she seemed hopeless, and even though she was part of a youth group, she felt far from God. She felt like God didn't listen to her prayers, that God didn't really see her. And so spring break came around, and some of her friends got together and said, let's go to Florida because it's warmer there. We can go to Disney World. We can go to the beach. We're just going to see all the sights in Florida, make a road trip out of it. And they invited Ellie, but she wasn't 100% sure. She's like, I just, I don't really feel up to it. But with some encouragement, her friends uh, said, you know, this will be really good for you. Get out of a different headspace and, and just reset. And so she agreed. She went with her friends and packed up the car um, and the trip was long. They were driving down from the Midwest, and so they passed hours and hours together. Um, her friends were saying songs, told stories, but Ellie still had a hard time getting there. She was just in this mindset. She's like, what? Does God even see me? What does the future hold? I don't even know. And that anxiety just kind of built up in her. Uh, as they were passing through Georgia, um, almost there, they were, they were um, you know, so excited. They were about to get there, but Ellie was in the back, and she said, I just... I got to give God one more prayer and just see what happens. And so Ellie's still feeling this sad and heavy feeling. She asked God, you know, Lord, if you see me, if you hear me in my prayers, give me a sign. And so Ellie kept looking out the window and then she screamed, stop the car, stop the car, stop the car. And her friend driving slammed on the brakes. And then as soon as the car came to a stop, Ellie popped up in the passenger door and stumbled out of the car and just looked up and fell on her knees and there on a billboard was literally a sign that said, this is your sign, I see you. Now, does God always answer prayers that literally? No. He, sure, he certainly can, and he certainly has. But sometimes I think we're afraid to ask big prayers because we don't know if God will really show up. We, we don't trust him sometimes. Now, I also understand, though, that when we ask big prayers, we don't always get the answer or the response that we think we're looking for. Sometimes the Lord provides clear-cut proof that he's moving, and sometimes he doesn't. We don't always get our billboard. We don't always get God holding up the rain or bringing the rain when we ask. So don't let those, though, keep you from praying big. Because here's the thing. If we're in a relationship with God, just as we would be in a relationship with a spouse, a friend, parent, if we ask them to come help us, then they'll come. And so we need to trust God, the God of the universe, our creator, the one who loves us, the one who saved us. If we ask God to come, then we can trust that he will come. And so pray big prayers. We need to pray in all circumstances. Yes, we need to pray together. We can also pray big. Um, Paul, bringing him into the story, he has some comments on prayer too. He compliments James in a lot of ways. And, and so we're going to look at Ephesians and Colossians and add some more layers to this. Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter 6. 
He says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given so that I will fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fiercely as I should. So we should notice one more important piece here about prayer in that the Holy Spirit of God is living in us. He resides in us, both as a promise to our inheritance and also to give us a guide. And I think that's really cool that when we pray, we also have the Holy Spirit with us, another connecting point to God. And if we seek to pray on mission like Paul, and when he asked the church to do that in Ephesus, we got to do it in the Spirit. Um, and so when you pray, do it with the Holy Spirit and invite him into the prayers. Uh, Paul's also going to make a personal request that kind of builds on this idea of the Spirit, that we need the Spirit with us to fulfill the mission um, that God has called us to as his people. Um, and so he asks this when he says, Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fiercely as I should. Now, typically, when we ask for prayers, and this isn't a bad thing, our lists look more like maybe health concerns or safe travels or for our friends and family. They're safe prayers. They're, they're you know, easy prayers to give. They come to mind easily. They're also prayers with a personal benefit. Now, I don't mean any more than what I'm saying. I'm just, you know, they're easy prayers. They're not bad. Don't stop praying those prayers. But also, maybe think about praying prayers that are a little on the edge, a little bigger a little more in the role of the mission that God has called us to. As we enter the new year, what if we did that? What if we prayed for our role in the mission to which God has called us? For Paul, that looked like going to Rome. He was arrested and he was in prison when he was writing this letter, um, but he was determined to get to Rome so that he could deliver the gospel. He wanted to make Jesus known. He wasn't messing around when he was asking for prayers. He had the full intention of taking action on those. It all starts with prayer. And what else do we notice from Paul's request? Well, we also know that we should pray for our leaders. Paul was on mission. He ministered to all these churches across the Mediterranean. He cared about Christians in Jerusalem. He actually wanted to get to Spain and deliver the gospel there. And he was a leader of the church. He was an apostle. And he still asked for prayer. He's not this invincible guy, but he also wants the church to be praying for him as he does God's work and so when was the last time that you prayed for leaders here? Maybe prayed for Chris or prayed for your community group leader, for your serve team leader. It's easy to forget. Maybe we put them on a pedestal or maybe we just assume God's with them. They got it. But they need our prayers too. We can't just assume that they're all good. Um, and here's three brief reasons why I think we need to pray like Paul does for our leaders and pray for a bigger mission. And we see this from Ephesians that we need to, one, pray for leaders um, because it unites the body of Christ. As they lead, we all go together. So that's why prayer is so important for them. Uh, number two, praying for leaders offers encouragement to them. Um, they can feel a sense of encouragement that you're taking the mission seriously too and that you're with them. It's a way of showing support. And then number three, I think praying for leaders spurs accountability. When the body is in prayer for leaders, they're reminded of the responsibility that they have and in partnering with the Lord in the work at hand. Praying for leaders is super hard, but it's super good because when we do that, we unite together on mission. So pray for yourself in the mission that God has put on your heart, but also pray for the people leading the charge in that. 
ultimately we pray for our leaders and pray for encouragement in our own lives because we want to bring forth the gospel. And so Ephesians gives us that, but Colossians also shows us that. Four, uh, Colossians 4, 2 through 6 takes it one more step. So we're going to read that together. Paul writes this, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. What we see is that prayer cannot be disassociated with the Christian life. And as we have already seen in James and Ephesians, prayer is the vehicle by which we are going to prepare and move for the gospel. Um, uh, the commentator who I was reading uh, on Colossians here, F.F. F. Bruce, writes this. It's a really good quote. He says, Men and women of persistent prayer are those who are constantly on alert, alive to the will of God and the needs of the world, and ready to give account of themselves and their stewardship. See, persistent prayer is the best tool that we have in our toolbox to understand who God is, to love others well, and to live on mission for Him. If we're looking to get back on track this new year, we've got to pray. And so with that, with what we see in James, Ephesians, and Colossians, especially with the words of Colossians in that quote, I think this is our big takeaway and what we need to have in our mindset as we move forward through this new year, is to be alert and alive in prayer and ready to move with the gospel. And looking at James and Paul's writing, we're seeing the fundamentals and ideals of prayer, but I want to leave you with this, some application. How are we going to do that as we move about our week, as we're trying to reset maybe daily rhythms this week? What does that look like for prayer? Well, number one is this, pray often with others. I know we already talked about that, pray um, in communal settings, but also pray with your family regularly. Um, pray with them. Um, teach your kids how to do that well. Pray with your friends when you're together. Maybe we often think of hanging out, doing games, or going out to eat. But another wonderful bond that we can share with our friends is by praying for them. Um, now, this is going to require some listening. I know listening to what people um, have to say, sometimes they're not going to naturally say it. Maybe you have to ask them, like, how's it really going? And when they share, pray for them. Uh, don't just wait to get home, but pray for them on the spot. Go out of your way to listen and pray well with other people. Number two is this. Pray for our leaders at church. Um, we need to pray for the specific things that people are doing. And I think we can see that um, in the work that Jesus does, and that he asks his disciples to pray for him. We see Paul ask um, his people at churches to pray for him. And so with that, pray for the work that Chris does in planning and casting vision. Pray for Hannah and the way that she plans curriculum for kids and coaches her team. Um, pray for Ali as she sends weekly communication out to the body. She runs things in the background. Pray for me as I shepherd the Connections team and meet guests and new people and plan outreach events. Pray for Zach as he leads worship. Um, maybe pray for your community group leader or your serve team leader. We've got to pray for each other as we carry out this mission. The last thing is this, pray for opportunities to share. As you go about your week, we need to recognize maybe all the special opportunities, the privileges that God has given us to share with those in our circles, whether that be at work, our neighborhood, or the gym. Uh, we might not have those occasions with us forever. Sometimes we have seasonal opportunities. And so make the most of those. Reach people where you're at and let God do his thing. Um, as we begin the new year, I want to leave you with this. Let's get started on the right foot. Um, let's start making a rhythm and a habit out of something that influences everything else we do as followers of Jesus. Let's be alert and alive in prayer to do God's will 
and to deliver the gospel. It all starts with prayer. In a moment, I'm going to pray all over us, but then we're also going to have a time to take this a little further in application. Um, we're going to give some prayer prompts, both an individual and then in groups. Um, but we want to practice this. I don't just want to speak it and then leave you guys um, to not have a chance to do that together. So with that, um, we're going to take a few months to just, you know, quiet, slow down, um, and think together on what prayer looks like, and let's do it together. So I'm going to pray, and then I'll give you um, some prompts. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would um, have your words soak into our hearts. Um, give us the desire to pray. Give us the space to pray. Help us have um, effort to make space, even when our calendars are full, because we know how valuable and special it is so that we can um, build a relationship with you, but also with other people and carry out your mission. Um, I pray over these people as we take some time to pray for different things, that you would bless them and hear their prayers. It's in your name we pray. Amen. With that, take the next few moments to um, pray individually. Um, spend time in prayer praising God for the work he's done and pray to discern his will for the work ahead. I want to provide one more prayer prompt to do with others. Um, gather with two or three people sitting near you and pray for one another's requests and pray for opportunities to share the gospel this week. I'll give you a few minutes to do that. <laughs> 